Well, happy Friday for you. Today is Thursday for me. This is the first episode of the All Sports Replay. It's a podcast where we go over some things that happened in the week that was in sports. My name is Jason, and I, uh, first of all, first episode, first anything for me, I'm trying to start this new thing. I don't know if it's going to latch on, but hopefully it does. We're going to touch on everything, everything major sports. MLB, NFL, NBA, and of course the NHL as well. I'm up here in Canada, up in here in Leduc. I am a uh, big Edmonton Oilers fan, big Steelers, Red Sox fan. I have gone through a lot of uh, a lot of downs in my uh, my days as an Oilers fan, but hopefully things are on the way up. Evan Bouchard finally signed his entry level deal, which I don't know if we're going to get to today. There's a bunch of bigger stories that did happen during the week. We are going to kick it off with the MLB, though. Not a lot of talk for the MLB, but I think more people were talking about it on Monday and Tuesday than I think I've ever seen. On major sports networks everywhere, here in Canada, everywhere, honestly. I've seen so much coverage for the MLB up here. It's wild. And it all it's all because of the MLB home run derby and the All-Star game. I For me, I think the All-Star game might be, like the MLB All-Star game might be one of the most exciting All-Star games because it seems like they're actually out there to do something and try, and they're of course, you know, the winner gets to have home field advantage in the World Series. It just looks, it felt like a real game. It felt like a real, it was a lot of fun. Went to extra innings. Of course, the AL won. Honestly, the AL was going to win by like three or four hundred runs. <laughs> that lineup was filthy. Filthy lineup. Just ridiculous. Like, from the, from the catcher out, and then the pitching, it was, it was just a filthy lineup. But hey, good on... Good on the NL to make it a huge game. It was awesome. Nine, nine innings couldn't solve it. They had to go to extras. It was really, really good. But I want to start out with the home run derby. One of the most exciting home run derbies that I think I have ever seen. It's the second time in four years that a hometown player has actually won the home run derby. Bryce Harper with the victory, edging out the Cubs' Kyle Schwarber. I, th- th- that's not the one I, w- I was going to pick. I thought Jesus Aguilar was going to make it to the final of course, he got upset in the first round by Reese Hopkins, but, but, it was a it was a very exciting home run derby. Like one like one of the most like coming into it, a lot of people were nagging on Bryce Harper for even being in the All Star game, let alone starting the All Star game. Only what adding two fifteen, not not hitting for power a lot this year. But I think this might, you know, rocket him into a better second half. Hopefully. Because Bryce Harper, he's a guy that you can build a team, you can build a league around Bryce Harper. Do you see what he was wearing in his home? Not his hometown, of course. He lives and he was born and he just lived in Vegas. But his home team, the Washington Nationals, he was all donned, uh, donned up in the, of course, the American flags all over the place, and he hit 19 home runs in the final to win it with a walk-off, a walk-off home run. They can't end in a tie. That's that's crazy. 44 home runs, 3.5 miles worth of home runs is crazy. Absolutely crazy. He had four of the top five longest home runs. Not the top one, though. Javi Baez had that. Guess, yeah, right. You heard that right. Javier Baez, 479 feet. He cranked one. He was the top guy. The home run derby bracket went as follows. Jesus Aguilar lost to Reese Hoskins. Alex Bregman lost to Kyle Schwarber. Javier Baez uh, lost to Max Muncy. Max Muncy's having a really good... We should probably talk about the Dodgers, too, how they acquired Machado for basically scraps. Freddie Freeman lost to Bryce Harper. Then it was Harper versus Muncy, and Harper won that. Schwarber versus Hoskins, and Schwarber got that. And, of course, Bryce Harper in the final, winning with a walk-off home run. Bryce Harper, 
if this doesn't elevate your season, elevate the Nationals' season, I don't know what can or what will. You have to do some stuff with the deadline. Your team isn't that deep. It's not as deep as, as one would think and as one would, would have guessed last from last year. And it's not that tough of a division. Like, Philadelphia is leading your division. It's not that tough of a division. You're third right now sitting behind a very surprising Atlanta team, which I no one thought, I think, that they were going to be this good. And Philly, of course, is at 53-42. They're probably the, probably the worst division in the NL. Maybe in the whole league now, because the AL is just a monster, monster league. We'll get, in, we'll get into all those standings maybe a little later on in the show, but if this doesn't propel this Washington team to try and get over 500 and try and push for that last playoff spot, I don't know what will. Hopefully Bryce Harper can turn it around and get going. Because I, lo- I love Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper's awesome. He deserves to be paid. I don't know where he's going to go in the offseason. I don't know if he should stay in Washington. I feel like he shouldn't. I think he can go make money somewhere else and be competitive somewhere else. Now, whether that be the Yankees, whether that be Philly, whether that be Chicago, I don't know. I don't know where he can go, but that remains to be seen. And, of course, the All-Star game, big victory for the AL in extra innings. That was a really exciting one, I thought. I thought it was one of the more exciting uh, All-Star games that I've seen in quite you know, the recent time. I feel like all the other All-Star games, they try and, you know, they're trying to make things exciting. I just don't know if it's, if it's as exciting as the MLB All-Star game. Like, hockey's got their three-on-three now. That can kind of get exciting. But you can see there's no defense played. It's breakaway after breakaway after breakaway. There's no tackling in the Pro Bowl. The NBA All-Star game is just alley-oops and three balls. I think this one's a lot more fun. Went to extras. Eight to six was the final. American League won it. Alex Bregman, he is the uh, All-Star MVP. That's awesome to see. Alex, talk about the Astros. How deep that team is. Like they're right now, they're not the best team in the league. But I don't know how you can bet against them to not re- repeat as champions. You may could talk about the Dodgers too, now acquiring Manny Machado. But I th- like it's hard to bet against those uh, Astros. Those Astros are a really, really good, good team. Uh, kind of taking a look at that the other MLB um, headline. It was the Manny Machado trade. Getting finally to the L.A. Dodgers. There was rumors of him going to Philly at first. And then there was rumors like way in the early in the season going to the Yankees. The Red Sox had a chance or something. But really it all circled back to the Dodgers. It was Manny Machado for five prospects. Now the five prospects, it was Yunel Diaz. Uh, he's an outfielder, right-handing pitcher, Deanne Creamer, third baseman, Rylan Bannon, and righty Zach Pop. What a great name for that. Oh, and third baseman as well, Brevich Valera. Now, Zach Pop, that's an awesome name, by the way, for a pitcher. Really, really awesome name. Uh, he was kind of the guy who was styming things for a little bit. We thought it was happening like during the All-Star game. Ken Rosenthal kind of confirmed it, but it didn't happen until the day after, which was yesterday, Wednesday. So uh, they were just waiting on, I think they were waiting on a physical from somebody. Not too sure what happened, but it is official. Manny Machado is a Dodger. Now, where does he fit in in the L.A. Dodgers lineup? Now that Kyle Seager is hurt, and he's, or excuse me, Corey Seager, the other Seager, not Kyle Seager. Corey Seager, now that he's injured, does he fit there now at the shortstop? He probably, most likely will sit there at the shortstop. But this Los Angeles team, it's good. The outfield speaks for itself. All-star Matt Kemp. You You have Corey Bellinger, Jock Peterson. And then you look everywhere else, Justin Turner, kind of recovering from injury, but you still got Max Muncie there. Uh, Logan Forsythe at second. Uh, Muncie can move over to the first base side. And Manny Machado at shortstop. 
And of course, Clayton Kershaw, if he can uh, stay healthy into the into the playoffs. Yasmani Grandal in the catching position. Kenley Jensen, one of the best closers in the league. Maybe the best behind uh, Raldis Chapman, I think. Kenley Jensen might be the best. I think he is the best. But that Dodgers team is scary. Look out. I think Arizona's time is done at the top. Because right now, as you look at the standings, the Dodgers are leading by a half a game of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Diamondbacks haven't done anything. They need to do something in the... In the, at the trade deadline, if they want to keep competitive, because the Dodgers might just run away with it now with one of the best players in the MLB at shortstop in Manny Machado. Okay, that's it for the MLB. Let's get to the probably the second biggest story in my mind that happened. Kawhi Leonard gets traded. Not to the Los Angeles Lakers, not to the Los Angeles Clippers, like a lot of people were thinking. He reports say he wants to go to L.A. Now, the, where he wants to go in L.A., that remains to be seen. Does he want to have his own team? Go to the Clippers. If he wants to try and win championships and be, you know, right hand to LeBron James, go to the Lakers. But he didn't go to either one of those teams. He went to a team that I didn't even think had a chance. And a team that I thought maybe hit their ceiling. I'll, I get in, I'll get into that after. But the trade is final as Kawhi Leonard will go to the Toronto Raptors with Danny Green in exchange for Riyaka Pirtle, a first-round pick that is protected, probably going probably in the 20s area in the first round, and DeMar DeRozan. A lot of controversy over that DeMar DeRozan deal. DeMar DeRozan was told a couple weeks ago at the Las Vegas Summer League that he wasn't going to be traded. He was affirmed nothing was going to happen. And what's funny is, too, in 2016, just a couple years back, he took less money so that they could sign one of his best friends, Kyle Lowry. He took less money, and that gave him the Raptors more leeway to get guys like Ibaka in the lineup. It's just a slap in the face to a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who finally, finally someone wanted to play in Toronto. Vince Carter didn't want to be there. Chris Bosh didn't want to be there. McGrady didn't want to be there. But now this guy, DeMar DeRozan, wanted to be there. There was a tweet pinned to his Twitter that said, Don't worry, I got this. This was tweeted in 2010, of course, when Chris Bosh went to Miami with LeBron. Like, DeMar DeRozan was your guy. He was, he, was, he was Toronto. Of course, he was born in L.A. He probably wanted to play with the Lakers. But he got drafted by Toronto, groomed into Mr. Toronto, and he wanted to stay there. He didn't want to leave. That's why he took less money. He wanted to stay. But it's a good move for Toronto. I'll tell you why. I, at first, I didn't like it just because I was kind of all for the, you know, I was all for the De- DeMar DeRozan getting slapped in the face. Wasn't happy with Toronto why they did this. But here's why I like this for the Toronto Raptors is because they hit their ceiling with DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry and Ibaka and whoever else they're going to have coming up, their ceiling was the conference finals. They couldn't make it past LeBron. Now LeBron's out of the East. Maybe they had another chance. But I don't think they could get past that Boston team. Now with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup and you moving DeMar DeRozan out, nothing else has really changed. You bring back Fred Van Fleet. You still got Ibaka. Valanchunas is serviceable up there. And Kyle Lowry still is the point guard. The bench is still good. You still got great great players, like going to be good players like OG Ananobi. And you also have guys like Pascal Siakam. You've got good players. You've got really, really good players. Now, can you make it past the guy, the team that you need to beat, like Boston or Philly? I think Philly is still a couple years away, but I think Boston is the team to beat in the East. If Toronto can do it, this is their year to do it. Because Kawhi Kawhi Leonard, I don't think will stay in Toronto. Even, I heard this from Chris Broussard, Broussard today, that even if they win the final, that he won't stay there. 
I, I, I kind of agree with them, but it's really hard to leave a team when you do win the final. That is a tough thing to move away from, but I understand where Leonard's coming from. He wants to go to LA. He wants to play there. I, I think that they can make it to the finals. I ultimately see them losing to the Golden State Warriors again because the Warriors are still the best team in the league because, I mean, how can you defeat that? <laughs> how do you defeat that team? The starting five of, Se- of Se- Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Boogie Cousins? Like, you're not beating that in the playoffs. There's just, you're not. It's not happening. I don't think they're going to get Boogie Cousins until maybe January. Maybe January. Maybe December. I, I, I feel like January is probably the safest bet. That's why he only took like $5 million for one year. And he can prove himself in the last half of the year. But that team's just going to be stupid filthy. Absolutely stupid filthy, I think. Like, it's just ridiculous what, what Golden State's doing. It's, but like, like, they were good without Kevin Durant. They made it to the final. They were a 70-win team. A 70-win team! Without Kevin Durant. And they had Kevin Durant the next year, win a title. Win a title again, beat LeBron James, kick him out of the East. <laughs> like, that's, that's, like, that's the effect. Like, I, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And then they get Boogie Cousins for this year. Who knows? Are they gonna repeat again? I, it remains to be seen, but I just, I don't, I don't see how you can't bet again. I, how you can't bet for that team. That, that's the team that is going to win every single year until they ultimately break up that foursome, fivesome now. Which could happen. Which could happen next season. Like, I think you got to look at one year deals. Uh, well, Kevin Durant signed a two year deal with a player option again, which, I mean, is a smart move. I mean, it's the NBA, the opt out is always there. What Kevin Durant will do if they win this, se- this season. I don't know. I don't know what he'll do. I feel like Clay Thompson's probably on his way out next year. I think he wants to be either a Laker or a Clipper. He is from that area. A lot of players wanting to go back to that area, especially now that LeBron is there. Which we can get to we can get into LeBron and, and, and the Lakers, but yeah, Golden State, I mean this 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 year might be the last year for the Golden State Warriors dynasty that might break up. Steph Curry's gonna still be really, really good. If Kevin Durant can stay. If Kevin Durant stays, I think that team's going to be good for another long, for another couple more years. I feel like Clay is probably going to leave, and that might open up some money for Boogie Cousins to stay. Maybe that's why they brought him in. Not too sure, but I feel like that's what might happen. And then, yeah, so the Lakers. What is that team going to look like, the Los Angeles Lakers? Of course, you see LeBron James, and they, of course, signed a couple of guys, Rajon Rondo. And Lance Stevenson, Lance gonna make you dance kind of deal. I don't know what that starting five is gonna look like. It's gonna be weird. You know, it's it's gonna be a weird one because it's a mixture of a bunch of youth, and it's a mix. It's a mixture of a bunch of youth and a bunch of vets that have been there before and understand it. So, if you're putting your roster together and you're putting your depth chart together, do you put? Do you start Lonzo Ball? Do you start him over Rajon Rondo? Is that what you do? I feel like they will start Ingram. They will start LeBron, of course, and JaVale McGee, who they also did sign to, by the way. But what do you do at shooting guard? And what do you do at point guard? I feel, I think they're going to keep Ingram there just because Lance Stevenson can be good off the bench. But what do you do at point guard? Do you start Rondo, who's the veteran? understands the game more, is kind of like Alonzo Ball, not a good shooter, 
but a good passer has great vision. Lonzo Ball could be the next Rondo, which is not a slap in the face to, to, to Ball. Rondo was really good for the Boston Celtics. He had a resurgence last year with the Pelicans. Can he do the same thing with the Lakers and kind of help a guy like Ball? Maybe. Um, I think at the power forward, you got LeBron, of course, then you got guys coming up in the wings like Kuzma, Mo Wagner, uh, who I'm very excited to see at the NBA level. He was really good for Michigan, really, really good for Michigan. Beat my Duke Blue Devils a couple of times. Josh Hart is also, he was the MVP of the Summer League is there, so it's going to be an interesting team to look at. If you're looking at the depth chart, if you're looking at starters, this is what I would do. I would start Rondo at the point guard. I would probably put Caldwell Pope at shooting guard. Ingram at small forward. Center is JaVale McGee and LeBron at the four. Does that team win 50 games? I think they do. The West is tough. The West is difficult, but I think they still win 50 games, second or third in the West, depending on what Houston does, as they've been rumored to get Carmelo Anthony, which will help their shooting, won't help their uh, ball movement at any point. Iso Mello is what they call them. That Lakers team is going to be good this year. I just I still think the team to beat is the Golden State Warriors, and that's the NBA. That is the NBA right now, is the Golden State Warriors and whatever the East can do, because the East is just a mess. Who's good in the East other than Boston, Toronto, and maybe Philly? Like, who, who, who do you see even coming up after that? Like, do you have Milwaukee that good? Like, Giannis is probably, Giannis is most likely now, I thought he was going to be the first, uh, the, the best player in that, uh, that conference. Now that Kawhi's there, I don't see that too much. I think Kawhi's probably the best player in that conference now. Giannis is a close second. And then you got Ingram, excuse me, um, Simmons, and Embiid for Philly. So they're going to be a third best team in the East, maybe second. There have, there's been reports of Kawhi not coming to Toronto. I don't see that happening. I don't. I, I see him playing. He's got too much pride for that. I think he wants to make money at the end of the year, so I don't think that's a worry for them. So I think Toronto's going to be good. I think they'll be either first or second in the conference, battling with Boston all year. And then what happens after that? Milwaukee, Detroit, maybe Blake Griffin's there. Like who? I just I, there's nobody else in the East that is can be a contender to make it out of that conference. I think there's three teams, maybe even two with Philly not really doing much this off season. They didn't really do much, so they didn't do much. Uh, let's get to a, a one that kind of really affected me personally. I'm a big uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and as you may have heard in the news today or Tuesday or whenever, Le'Veon Bell and the Pittsburgh Steelers have not agreed to a deal. Now, there have been reports of Le'Veon Bell turning down this huge contract. I think it was like $70 million over five years which would make him $14 million, which is uh, $500,000 less than his franchise tag. This is the second consecutive year that the Steelers and the best running back in the NFL can't come to a deal. And I, I don't get it. Pittsburgh has been notorious, absolutely notorious, for not paying guys. So when they paid Antonio Brown, I was shocked. Like... I knew Antonio Brown was a guy who, you know, he wanted to be there. He wanted to win a title in Pittsburgh. He wanted to. That's his, that's his, he wants to, regardless of money. But they paid him. They gave him, they gave him a good amount. Of, I can't, I don't have the number in front of me right now, but he, he's got money. Like, I, and the Steelers don't do that. The Steelers do not do that often with guys. Ben Roethlisberger didn't get a huge, huge 
like quarterback deal like most quarterbacks do, like Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford have got deals. He didn't get a big deal like that. Now, with Antonio Brown, the contract of four years, average salary is seventeen million a year, going to around twenty around twenty twenty one. That's incredible. That's incredible money. Absolutely incredible money. It's it's absolutely like he's got a base salary of twelve and a half million per year, with uh, three just under four in signing bonuses. So he's making around seventeen. I, that's a lot of money to be paying a guy. Like Pittsburgh doesn't do. That's why I kind of shot. I know a lot of other teams pay their guys, but Pittsburgh doesn't. And that's why Le'Veon Bell's not getting paid. And I don't get like it's the thing of like what have you done for me lately? And Le'Veon Bell's done a lot of things lately. And I wonder why Kevin Colbert didn't. I I'm still baffled by this. Now I don't know how much Le'Veon is asking for. I know he wants to set the mark for for running backs. Now right now he's going to be paid the most out of any running back in the entire league. He's going to be making fourteen five per year. Well, for just for this year, he's only a one-year franchise tag. The next guy is Devonta Freeman from the Falcons at eight point two million. Devonta Freeman is not even the fifth best running back in the league. <laughs> maybe even maybe not even the top ten. Like that, like that's insane to me. That they're not going to pay a guy. Like I understand where I okay, I understand both sides. I understand Le'Veon's more than the other side, but I understand both sides a little bit. You want as a team like Kevin Colbert and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you want to have a guy who does everything Le'Veon Bell does. He does everything out of the backfield. Runs, catches, blocks, does everything. So I understand why you should pay them. Now, but I also understand that Pittsburgh doesn't do that and Kevin Colbert is not the kind of guy to throw money around at not key positions. Now, this is a position we're talking about. Because running backs notori- notoriously aren't the position that you pay for. As you can see by Devontae Freeman being the second highest paid running back in the league at $8 million. And I feel like running backs in a pass-driven league now, this is a passing league. Whether you like it or not, it's a passing league now. In a passing league, this is a, the running backs are so important because Le'Ve, look at Le'Veon Bell. He's the second best wide receiver on this team. Second best receiver on this team. You can look at any other guy. You can look at Ezekiel Elliott. Now he's the best receiver, probably the best receiver on that team. Like Carlos Hyde now in Cleveland. He's the one of the best, probably third best receiver on that team, and he's a running back. Running backs nowadays can do so much. Christian McCaffrey, who's probably going to get paid, second-year guy. He's going to get paid probably the second-best wide receiver on that team in Carolina. So the fact that you're not paying Le'Veon Bell makes no sense to me. I, I, look, I get it. I get it. You don't usually pay guys like that. But Le'Veon Bell's a guy you have to pay. I don't care if, what his off-field issues are. When he's on the field, he's a, he is the best. The absolute best. So I don't understand why you're not paying this guy. I don't know what Bell is asking for. I don't, because he's making 14. I want to say he asked for 16 and maybe even 17. But he's trying to, like, you look, hey, let's look at the best running backs in the NFL right now. Like, let's rank them as of right now, as the, be- like, the best running backs in the NFL right now. Le'Veon Bell, 
is number one. I think I think Le'Veon Bell is number one. Number two, it's it's an argument. There's a couple of guys. I think it's Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley proved last year that he is the best running back in in football other than Le'Veon Bell. Really, really solid player. Now, three to three to five, that's tough. Three to five is tough. Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara, I think, are both right up there. I think those two players are really, really special in their own right. Number three, in my mind, is Ezekiel Elliott. He changes that offense more than Dak Prescott does. It's a running... The, the defenses play around him, not Dak Prescott. So I think he is the third best, and then Alvin Kamara can be number four. Kareem Hunt, I think, is number five. He is one of the most elusive backs. He can play both behind, behind uh, or beside the quarterback, and he can run outside as well as a receiver. So he's got that dual threat in him. Now, as for the next couple, I mean, you can look at guys like Devontae Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, same with the Saints. And, there's, and other than that, you know, I mean, there are solid guys, and there's guys who, can, who are going to be coming up that are going to be excellent. Leonard Fournette comes to mind. Christian McCaffrey comes to mind. I think that Tevin Coleman is also very good behind Devontae Freeman. There's a lot of guys that are really, really good that aren't going to get paid unless Le'Veon Bell, guys like him, get paid. Now, next year is going to be where it gets interesting because there's a lot of teams lining up for a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Teams that don't have a running back, like the Jets, like the Redskins, like the Bengals. There's a lot of teams that would love to have Le'Veon Bell, love to have him. And there's reports saying that Le'Veon Bell will not be in a Pittsburgh Steeler lineup next year, which is very frustrating to me because you've wasted that. You've wasted Le'Veon Bell. He's been through a couple of years where he had a bit of an issue in the off-field stuff, which in my mind is just crap, which is just ridiculous. Like, it was a joint. Give me a break. There's guys who have been in domestic abuses He'd done way worse stuff than smoking a joint. So the fact that he had to suspend a guy for four games just for that. And Martavis Bryant got to get him out for, for a whole year. Like, give me a break. I know it's the, I know, I get it. You shouldn't be doing it because it's the it's it's under their substance abuse thing. I get it. But Roger Goodell and the NFL really have to figure something out with that. They gotta figure out a lot of things. I don't want to talk to I don't want to talk about Roger Goodell. He might just depress me. But Le'Veon Bell, the Pittsburgh Steelers have wasted that opportunity. Having the best running back in the NFL by far. I don't you, you can say Ezekiel Elliott, you can say Todd Gurley, but you just look at Le'Veon Bell and what he can do. He's just a different runner. He's a different sort of player. And I see a lot of things online saying, well, he'd be, you know, he wouldn't be as good in a different offense. I think he'd be better. You put him behind a better offensive line than Pittsburgh right now. You put him with a better offensive coordinator than Todd Haley. Don't even get me started with Todd Haley. <laughs> you put him with better guys. I think he could be really, really special. He is really, really special. He's shown it in Pittsburgh. 
So the fact they're not paying him the money that he deserves frustrates me to no end. A guy like Le'Veon Bell is a guy that you have missed on. He's a generational type of running back that you don't see very often. And Pittsburgh hasn't had that since Jerome Bettis. You haven't had it since the bus. And even when, even when the bus was great, he's not better than Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell gives you the power, the agility, and the speed. He might not be the fastest. He might not be the biggest. He might not be the most agile. But he's got everything. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's not just a knife. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's got everything. Le'Veon Bell is a guy that you have missed on, Pittsburgh. And it sucks for me. Because who do you have after that? James Conner? Whoever else is going to be a running back? If you pay another running back more than $10 million, I'm going to lose my mind. Lose it. To not pay Le'Veon Bell his $16 million that he wants per year? Ridiculous to me. Because that offense is different without Le'Veon Bell. It's way different. Without the three guys, Ben, Bell, and Brown, that offense is completely different. Without one of them, it's completely different. You lose Martavis Bryant last year, offense was fine. You were interchanging tight ends, Jesse James and uh, Vance McDonald. Offense was fine. But the second you lose a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, the second you lose a guy like Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown, that offense is done. That offense is not the top offense in the league, which it is written right now when everyone's healthy and on the field playing. And I don't understand why Kevin Colbert is not paying a guy like Le'Veon Bell. That's my two cents on Le'Veon Bell not getting his money. What do you think? I, I, I don't know. I'm going to try and set up a Twitter. I hope you can get questions to me. I'm going to try and get something like that. I, want, I, I, will want, I will get into the Oilers and the Steelers and, 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 just, and, and everything. Hockey, baseball, football. We're going to get into everything on this thing. It's not just a one sport sort of thing. We're going to get into everything. Because I feel like I'm well-versed in a lot of sports. I feel like I understand a lot of sports. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, think, I think I understand it more than, than a, lot of, a lot of people give me credit for. How about that? I don't know just one. I'm like Le'Veon Bell. I am a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> and everything's come full circle now. There you go. Uh, quick news and notes. Evan Bouchard signed his three-year entry-level deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, there was another uh, signing today in the NHL. I think it was the Jets. I want to say the Winnipeg Jets re-signed a guy for three years. Something happened in Winnipeg today. Adam Lowry, thank you. Adam Lowry signed a three-year deal today uh, worth $8.75 million. So that's a good little pickup, a uh, little, little re-signing, excuse me, for Adam Lowry. A Jets team is going to be really good. A Jets team is going to be really, really good. If their goaltender can be the same as they were last year, and if their offense can be really good, if Line A can take another step forward and Shifley can stay healthy, I think that team's going to be really, really good. Look out for Winnipeg. It's going to be a good, good team. Anything else news, newsworthy in the uh, old sports world? The MLB kicked off again today, the unofficial second half, which is weird. They're like almost 100 games in, and this is their second half. Like This is really late for the MLB. But there's only one game to talk about today in the MLB. It's the Cardinals and the Cubs. 2-1 right now. The Cardinals are up on the Cubs. 2-1 in the top of the fourth. The NL Central's weird, too. At one point, at, at one point, Milwaukee was leading that division. 
And now the Cubs have kind of overtaken it. I think they might run away with it just because that team is they're, – they're too good not to, to lose that division. Milwaukee still is there. I think they're still in the wild card talk in the NL. They're still tops there. Now, if you want to look at the wild card situation in the NL, that's that's the, I think, more interesting playoff race. I feel like the AL is pretty much set. You can kind of look at everybody top to bottom, and you can really see who's going to make the playoffs. So, Boston, Houston, Cleveland, all leading their respective divisions. I think that's a safe bet that all those teams are going to be in playoffs. Yankees as well. They're in the first wild card spot. Five games back, though. That's a, that's a big no, five games back is a big big number for the uh, New York Yankees. They're four and a half games back of the Boston Red Sox. So see if they can get back and climb in there. New York has got that first one, and then Seattle has the second wild card spot. But don't forget about Oakland. They had a really hot end of their first uh, first half there. Let's see if they can keep going. I feel like their schedule is going to be mostly in their division, and their division is not great other than. Houston. So it's going to be interesting to see what Oakland can do as they've got San Francisco in a series with them uh, coming up next here. So look out for Oakland. I mean, they're, I, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think Seattle's too tough of a team to bump down. I think their pitching is good. Edwin Diaz is a really good closer. Talking about really good closers. He might be the best closer in the, in the MLB right now. Boy, he's good. There's a lot of good closers out there. So, yeah, the Oakland uh, Athletics have against San Francisco. They've got a series against Texas, Colorado, then Toronto after that, and then Detroit. So, I mean, you've got winnable series there, very, very winnable series. And then kind of looking at uh, the Seattle Mariners, looking at their schedule, see what they look like for the next couple of series. Like They've got a good team. That infield is filthy. That infield is absolutely filthy. You've got the White Sox series against them kicks off tomorrow. San Francisco for two games, and then you have the Angels. Then you got to play Houston. So if you're looking at tougher schedules, it's Seattle. But you see, if you're Seattle, you got to win those games. you got to win those games to make the playoffs. Everyone's got to win. Well, that'll wrap things up here on the first edition of the All Sports Replay. A little bit of a shorter one. I want to try and get guests. I want to talk about big news stories in sports because this is what I live for. It's what I thrive on. I think I know it. I think I know it a lot more than anything else in my life. I I like other things. I like music. I like professional wrestling. But I think sports is the thing that I'm good at, and I want to talk about it for the rest of my life. I want to get paid to talk about sports. I think I'm good at talking about sports, if that makes sense. Have a wonderful rest of your day, week, and I'll talk to you next week with new stuff on the All Sports Replay Podcast.